from Nightmarish Sacrifice by Simona Panova. Oh, he did look like a deity, the perfect balance of danger and charm. He was at the same time fascinating and inaccessible, distant because of his demonstrated flawlessness and possessing such strength of character that he was dismaying, and at the same time utterly attractive in an enticing and forbidden way. This is Gothic. Season 4 of the Gothic Podcast may contain sensitive material not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The headlamps of the sleek motorcycles flicked on, blinding for a moment, but then revealing the grins of four predators we had thought to make our prey. It limbed an outline on the floor as well, a pentagram that couldn't mean anything good for us. Above us, another one loomed on a catwalk, its wings bordered in blue light? Was that Mr. Singh? We were surrounded. Ambushed. Trapped. How had the desiccated ones known? How were they lying in wait like this? The engines revved and Mr. Singh fanned out the metallic wings inexplicably attached to his back, with the sound of a hundred knives being unsheathed. My eyes flickered side to side. Echo stood firm, but Cadence shrank back. I had to do something or these creatures would kill us. Cadence had said it, though. I am powerful. I could protect her. I had to. I thrust her behind me with one hand and rose up tall. Taller than I ever had before. A growl built in my chest as I whipped the toe chain Cadence gave me around one fist, again and again. With a roar that drowned out the sound of the engines, I stalked forward slamming my fist into the center of the pentagram. The floor spiderwebbed, but instead of the crunching, cracking sound I expected, the floor rang like a gong, like a bell. Vibrations shuddered the building, it seemed, and I thought the grins of our attackers turned to grimaces as they rocked back on their bikes. I staggered a step, thrust backward by the force of the impact, and by my own surprise at the power of the blow. That ringing took over my consciousness for a moment, for several moments. By the time I collected myself, the scene had changed. The desiccated ones on the floor had gone. I shook my head, and vaguely recalled Echo blasting their dried flesh from bare bones and forcing them to flee. It wasn't over, though. Mr. Swing was swooping down on Echo. Both of them screamed, seeming to warp the space between them with the waves of sound, 
and Echo brandished a katana. Mr. Singh passed Echo with a clang, and Echo staggered, bleeding. On the next pass, I was ready. I needed to save Echo, but I didn't want to hurt Mr. Singh either. I licked out the toe chain like a bullwhip, curling around Mr. Singh's ankle, and pulled with all my strength. I couldn't control it, though. Then I screamed in frustration as Mr. Singh crashed to the concrete floor with an agonizing thud, followed by the tinkling of metal on concrete as his wings shivered apart, and he lay there gasping. The strength I was so proud of a moment before had done it again, left someone broken. When I tried to protect, I seemed to hurt just as much, just as often. What was power without control? Frozen in horror, my vision swam, and I was yanked back to another time my power had outrun my control. I was visiting my cousins, Nick, Dylan, and Jody. The congregation had moved to an abandoned subway this time, the latest in a series of moves after the church had burned. Hensley hovered, but I tried not to let his gaze bother me as I knelt down to talk to them. I gave them each a carving I had made. Gargoyles this time, for some reason. The wooden figures were rough, but I had worked hard on them. The kids took the figures, a little bemused, and I shook my head. Probably they were too old for these tokens anymore, but I had a hard time keeping track. Their story seemed so frozen now I had stepped out of it. They looked at me different, too, almost like I was a stranger. With that realization, I straightened, assuring them I'd be back as soon as I could. As usual, Hensley escorted me out. He had his suspicions about the church, after all. When we reached the stairs, I rounded on him. They haven't been eating well enough. He spread his hands. The times were hard, and there was never enough money to go around. I thrust the wad of bills in my pocket at him. This is for them, you false prophet. Don't you dare line your pockets with it. I practically staggered up the stairs, overcome with disgust, though with whom I couldn't say. I pounded my fist into the tiled wall of the tunnel. I took another step and hit the wall again. 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 With this last impact, tiles fell from the ceiling and dust clouded the entrance to the disused stairway. I stared at the wall in disbelief at the crushed tile, at the sound, and fled, a shout from Mr. Hensley chasing me. I wanted to run away now, to escape what I had done to Mr. Singh. He had never been anything but kind to me. My first day in the building, he had invited me to dinner with his family. I couldn't do it, of course, but I met them eventually and they were just as gracious and kind as he had been. Maybe he still was. I hurried over to him, taking in that his turban had been tugged out of order. Had it been that way before? Or had I done that? His beard was still groomed. He still carried that little knife he always had tucked into his belt, too. Maybe he was there. Crawling out of the wreckage of his wings, he groaned and faced me. I had to help him. Had to save him. I had to bring it back. Recording! Do you get paid by the Ricolo people? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I wish. Hey, Ricola people, if you're listening. <laughs> you know what League of, uh, of Ultimate Questing has that uh, would be awesome? I mean, we just didn't have, we don't have the... Sponsorship. Um, no, we, we just didn't have the, uh, the, the I want to say, thesis for it. Uh, but anyway, they do advertisements. These really cool mock... Um, yeah, Lon, because the concept of the show is that it's like uh, if adventuring was a major league sport. Oh, yeah. The teams have like in-world sponsorships. So they, they Law and Zach make up in-world ads for silly mm-hmm. things like Fiends for Life and... That rules. Viagro, yeah. uh, rage-enhancing medication. And we mentioned this, Sojourners, <laughs> because uh, once more, we have with us uh, for this episode of the Gothic Podcast, we have uh, Michael Loving from the League of Ultimate Questing podcast. And you should definitely go take Yay! a listen. Welcome I'm in seasons back. one and two of the LUQ podcast. And I also guested on Kill Every Monster and on God's Fall as well. Nice. Uh, and, uh, of course, we have our usual cast members this evening. We have Sharon. Uh, Kill Every Monster would be a great band name. <laughs> we have Jesse. <laughs> I am here to brighten your day. Uh, it <laughs> is not the musical episode. The musical episode, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're all the musical episode. Yeah. Maybe I just, they are maybe by the, now. The maybe finally. All the music clips from each episode we've ever oh done. Oh my god, that would be awesome. All that's, all, that's all the musical episode is going to be. It's just all it's, it's just clips. clips. It's just like 20,000 repeats of me and Jesse going da 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 da. <laughs> that can be the backing track. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and having just joined us for season four, we have Eric. And so we do. Who's usually spending most of the podcast rolling his eyes at us <laughs> and wondering what it is he's gotten himself into. Because and waiting for the musical episode. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I only agreed to be on this podcast because I want to be on the musical episode. God damn it. I want the musical episode so bad. We're shooting for episode 18, everybody. <laughs> episode 18. But it depends Gosh. on these guys, what they learn before then, and then what they do to get there. So If we don't all die this episode. Yeah, we're no. trying so hard. So where we left off last time was still, still our rifts are in the secret Ivy Corp warehouse located in the industrial district. They have faced off against desiccated ones, the motorcycle riding ones, plus a strange winged one. They have faced their own fears. They have faced Andy Iaz's indecision. <laughs> they have Can't relate. primarily uh, been face-to-face with one of what they believe to be one of the major players in all of this, whatever it is, whatever's been going on with the reign of bodies that happened, that set all this off, whatever's been going on with these strange zombie mummy things that they call the desiccated ones, with whatever it is uh, Junichiro Hayashi is up to, the CEO of Ivy Corp., Maybe some answers can be found in this episode of the Gothic Podcast. Well, I think Magnus is a is a low key major player. That's not my mythos. <laughs> but he does look like Vin Diesel in Triple X. 
He's a high key minor player. (laughs) (laughs) Where we left off was, well, with a revelation that means something to our listeners and to the voices inside our rift's heads. What I would like you all to do is roll, not Magnus, you don't have to worry about this one. All right. But the rest of you need to face danger. Okay. Definitely, including uh, voices in my head as a negative on this. Mm. Now, you can use whatever other you know tags you feel are right, but this is your contemporary now inner selves, uh, those voices that are hanging out in the back of your consciousnesses. Uh, this is to keep them from coming forward. Do you guys want to use in over our heads also? I think in over your heads for sure. Oh, man. Only if you guys are cool with that. <laughs> I feel like it really applies right now. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it super applies. I definitely uh, think you're in over your heads, and I think that that does indeed apply to all of you. It is your crew theme weakness. <laughs> well, in that case, do you guys want to immediately use NSYNC? <laughs> <laughs> we are 20 seconds into <laughs> episode 14. We have just got NSYNC back. If this is happening all in each of our heads, though, I don't know that uh, that it's something that being in sync. You know, that's with. true. I think the in over your heads is a good one as a minus. But I'm going to give you a plus because of that pentagram you're in that is pulsing out magic that okay. is very much City of Mist stuff. So a plus one. Uh, so plus one. So that's going to balance okay. out your okay. little bit crew weakness anyway. But that will allow you to uh, mark attention on your crew theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. When you have uh, picked everything that you think applies, if you have any questions, let me know. But. Otherwise, roll it and see what you get. Facing danger, I, I rolled a <laughs> total of one. <laughs> wow. No, you didn't. Um, you rolled a four. I rolled a one. Jesse rolled a five. Oh, wow. Holy moly. You guys all rolled faster than me. <laughs> oh, wow. That's failures all the way through, though. We all missed. <laughs> Can I burn my impenetrable mind for a, a success? You have to do that before. Okay. Nope. For a moment. All of those contemporary now voices come bubbling to the surface. Oh, heavens, can we even remember who is in whose head? I'm Echo, LJ's Baz, and Sloshy's me. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't confusing at all. Yeah. <laughs> so many layers. Spoilers, Sojourners, spoilers. Go back and listen to season one before you listen to any of what we're about to talk about. As before, you. Three, Dr. Grace and LJ and Sloshy. Let's start with Dr. Grace as one does. Dr. Grace, as before, Mm. you have been aware all of this time. You know everything that your hosts knows, but now you have control over the body. You are forefront in the consciousness. What do you do? Um, I'm I'm an echo, so I'm over there. Would I have reason to believe that all of the desiccated ones correlate to the the lost, either the ones that we had yet to find or the new lost? Give me a investigative mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Jesse, you'll need your monster of the week character out, apparently. <laughs> oh, it's prepped. All right. Investigate a mystery. 
Uh, it's a um, 12. Did you roll your bone dice? No, I did not, Patrick. Just <laughs> 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 roll snake eyes. Uh, and <laughs> let me see if I had... Uh, investigate a mystery is an advanced move, so a 12 would get me advanced stuff. Oh, you can ask any question you want, I believe. Would I have reason to believe <laughs> that all of the desiccated ones directly correlate to the lost? Like, are these explicitly the people that we've, we're here to get? Your analytical mind goes through names that are, associate, that are closely associated. So those who were the original lost, plus mm-hmm. th- those who were looking, the, the, the seekers after the lost, they're, they're significant others in general. Okay, the seekers are the, the new lost. Okay. Son, in the case of Hotspur Love, uh, yeah, son yeah, yeah, of yeah. Arthur Love. Those names, you come up with seven. Seven names. So you come up with Arthur Love, uh-huh. Chris Luther, who you had brought back before, Chris Chadwell, Celia Chadwell, who was in a coma, but you had brought back before. But if you include those names, then you've got Arthur Love, Chris Luther, Celia Chadwell, Chad Chadwell, mm-hmm. um, Sean Fields, who uh, was the partner of Chris Luther. Hotspur Love, who was the son of Arthur Love, and Haley Albert, who was the partner of Nathan Winters. Mm-hmm. And you saw some of them fade away, even in front of you. Sean Fields, Hotspur Love, Haley Albert. But there are two other um, names that uh, okay. come to your analytical mind. There is somebody you've been missing for a while now. Uh, one Jacob Candle. Yeah. Right sakes. Okay. And. Sloshy has already said that he, they, it was concerned about more of he, they, its kind. And there were, you know, certainly two of them that you interacted with in Macon, Missouri. Okay. All right. Yeah. I got a hold two. Is there any discernible change in them as this happens? Or does Baz like lose control of Mr. Singh? I think because, uh, at least as far as Baz and Mr. Singh goes, I don't think that was a magical or uh, mythos-related thing. But there is a distinct change that takes place, almost even physiologically, as their expressions change. And But I think that uh, Magnus is probably aware enough of of the world around him and of uh, mystical things that he would notice this, not necessarily know what it means. Right. But uh, but be aware of it. LJ, you are in Baz. Yes. Uh, Baz is staring at uh, Mr. Singh. Uh, this isn't a shock to you because, again, you are aware while you are uh, in the subconscious. So what do you what do you do, LJ? Good question. I mean, the best I could do is probably protect someone who against what? In Baz at that moment, trying to protect Singh. Oh shit! Okay, how so? And what do you see? What do you see happening? I mean, obviously, Baz has this connection, and I believe that LJ would be able to see through a little bit of the mist and understand that you know Singh's just one of these one of these people we got to find and protect. Baz was on the right track, and LJ is like applauding that. It's like, yeah. You're getting there. You just need to like dig a little bit deeper um, and uh, is trying to push a little bit extra into scene. 
Okay, roll protect someone. Oh, wow. Plus tough? Yeah. I dropped one of my dice. <laughs> Don't do that. It's one of the bone dice, so it's really tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Given the state of the desiccated ones as they are right now, are they alive enough for us to take them out of this story safely? They are still in existence. Okay, cool. Short answer, yes. You are able to strengthen that. You're not even sure how. Maybe Dr. Grace would know, but you don't. And you feel, see, sense, become almost that entity uh, crying almost to get out of Mr. Singh. And it is a an alien thought process. It's an alien existence there. Inside of Mr. Singh is uh, one of one of Sloshy's people. In doing so, Baz takes a psychic hiccup one. Whoops. Psychic hiccup would be a great band name, Patrick. <laughs> now Baz can try to face danger against that. I feel like that's pretty much got to be a straight roll because Baz is not like in in his mind anyway. Okay. Uh, which was an 11. Oh, nice. nice. Okay. Nice. No worries there. You do not uh, take the psychic ping from that. Uh, but okay. but Mr. Singh, you feel, LJ, that you have helped Baz here, that um, you're giving Singh something that is going to help him to stay Mr. Singh rather than under the control of Magnus Simeon or anyone else. Sashi, what do you do? Well, uh, I got a question here. Um, how much can we cross the streams? <laughs> In what way? Well, I want to use some uh, some manipulation on uh, somebody in this room who is not one of us three. And uh, I don't know how much the the bleed over is going to going to happen. So you want to manipulate uh, Magnus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to get some answers. So you are in Cadence's body uh, and already focused on Magnus. So uh, center squaring off. Go ahead and uh, and uh, roll uh, manipulate someone. I want to help out because I also <laughs> want ask answers. <laughs> Cadence is helping out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Grace is helping out with Echo's voice. <laughs> wow. So much stream crossing. I cannot <laughs> keep it straight. All right, now uh, I have a thing called unnatural appeal where I roll plus weird instead of plus charm to manipulate someone. So instead of being a minus one, that's a plus three. Oh, goodness. Okay. Hell yeah. I rolled a uh, five and a four plus three is a 12. For purposes of uh, the rule side, could you read for our uh, benefit and for Michael's uh, what manipulate someone uh, does on the monster of the week side? Uh, I could if I had the monster of the week <laughs> rules. Tell them what you want to do in roll plus charm. You've already rolled on a 10 plus. They'll do it. Uh, wait, would this count as another this hunter? counts as another player or as another hunter? Yeah. OK, on a 10 plus, if they do what you ask, they mark experience and get plus one forward. That's really relevant to the game we're playing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I have made a mistake. I don't think they not. I don't think that they thought about change the game used in this capacity. <laughs> but we've really done that. Yeah, you lit in the literal sense. You changed the game. You're now playing yep. Monster of the We're Week instead of City of Mist. Yeah. So, can I make uh, a what will this would, save? What this would equate to is if you accept <laughs> this manipulation, 
then you I would give you a positive status uh, that you you would have available to you. Okay, is is the equivalent free flowing juice is probably is what I would give you. Now you can choose to not do what the manipulation says. In which case, what happens? I yeah, you don't get the reward, I guess. So give your argument, um, Sloshy. In, in of course, now coming out of Cadence's throat, charming is this very Texas accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now uh, I know we're not welcome here, and uh, you answer a couple questions for us, then we'll get right out of your hair. At this point, I think I have some questions of my own, but go on. Well, uh, I want to know who you are in this little square dance we got going on. Uh, we actually want to have a conversation with our uh, he kind of looks around uh, yeah, our friend Andy here about uh, what he knows about what's going on. And uh, yeah, that uh, that should not interfere with anything you've got going on with this whole uh, zombie problem. I look at Andy. Does he look as confused as I am? He always looks confused. <laughs> yeah, he always <laughs> looks confused. <laughs> does he look less confused than he usually does? Uh, who? What? That sounds... Cadence? Is that you? <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> It, it, it's right about Cadence. Yep, it's uh, Cadence. That's me. <laughs> you feel it fading. You are not going to be able to hold on to these body. you know, the control of these bodies for very much longer. Dr. Grace, did you have anything more for your investigation? Um, No, I only get a hold two on that. But can I just jump into the conversation real quick? Yeah. What my friend here is trying to say is that um, we've we've been misguided in our efforts. We're actually here for them. And I gesture at Mr. Singh. We're here to protect them. We're not to hurt them. Strangely, as she gestures, it's also with uh, Echo's katana that he took from his sister. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. waving a katana around. That they, yeah, that they took from their sister, like waving the katana around. Yeah, yeah. Echo, who just blasted the flesh off of four of them. Right, right, right. <laughs> and is holding a katana that they took from another. We were misinformed. Something has just arisen, which has informed us of our actual goals here. We are here to make sure that these people continue to exist as safely as possible. Now, what we need to do is find out your intentions towards them and reiterate to you that we are not here. And I look around just to be like me and the Echo's body who has just blasted the flesh off of all of these guys. We are not here to destroy any of them. Rather, the opposite. And... The contemporary now characters fade back into deeper consciousness. Sloshy, you can break in as you feel your grip slipping. If you wish to go ahead and answer, uh, ask your question, yeah, I want to know uh, who who you are in all this this whole square dance we got going on, and and we want to talk to Andy, our, our looks around, yeah, our friend, uh, and what what his his position is in this dance as well. And then as you fade, your City of Mist rifts come forward. Your City of Mist rifts blanked out for a few moments there. You come into this, and it is Magnus saying, <laughs> I think we've been over this, but I'm Magnus Simeon. You knew who I was when you entered this warehouse of mine. I do not care if you speak to your friends. He is free to speak as long as I have his mouth untaped. Ask him whatever questions you wish, and then be gone from here as you said you would. Look around in confusion. <laughs> um. So LJ was trying to protect Mr. Singh. And succeeded. By, by doing 
By doing what? Reinforcing Baz's like trying to dig deep into Singh's soul. Okay, so he's eye to eye with Mr. Singh, and Mr. Yeah. Singh seems to be still pretty concretely himself. Yes, maybe even a little bit more here than than before, and in a great deal of pain. But yes, oops. All right, I'll ask Andy. Um, Andy, what what has he been doing? Has he been asking you things? Has he been asking you to do things? So Andy says. I, he just kept me tight. I've lost the feeling in my hands. I think, I mean, I don't know. Do I need hands? Are hands important? Yeah, Andy, they're important. I mean, important. I'm a poet. I need to write stuff, don't I? But yeah. I could just memorize it. I could just memorize it. But no, he's just, no. and then he's kept my mouth covered because I tried to t- uh, like tell him some of my poems, but he would he didn't want to listen. And so, yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, his loss, man. But no, he's just kept me here. I, I did, I did hear, uh, I did hear him make a phone call though. Uh, uh, um, and Magnus, do you stop him before he says anything more about this, or do you let him talk? If he talks, we have a little bit of a flashback to a a uh, phone call that you make. I think I think we can let him talk. They they said they wanted to know what I wanted with Andy, and so having Andy vouch that I haven't hurt or harmed him helps my case, and letting Andy answer this question instead of me means I can keep kind of feeling out what's going on with them. And technically, the the Texan that was speaking through Cadence's body told me that if I answered their questions, they would go away. Yeah. And there's weird stuff going on with these people. I'm curious if if Magnus might even want to, like, attempt while they're all there in the summoning circle, if I might be able to do some sort of magic that calls their other voices back to the forefront, because they seemed more cooperative and are more interesting to me than these people are. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, first, though, um, as Andy talks, uh, we have a flashback. Magnus, you make a phone call. And on the other end of the line is a voice. <clears throat> yes, I am tired of Hayashi not cooperating with me. I have the poet. If this man is of value to him, he will deal with me as an equal instead of an underling. I will pass the word along. See that you do. Do you have a deadline for your ultimatum? I'm certain Hayashi knows all of my demands end in deadlines. And I hang up the phone. But that was and on the other end of the phone, which is where we go to in our flashback. It's not a date. And then the phone is hung up. <laughs> Andy is able to uh, say what Magnus's side of that conversation was, which sounds like there might be a a rift of some sort between Magnus and Hayashi. While they're listening to Andy tell this story, can I try and subtly cast a spell that that might draw their others forward again? Sure. While he's while he's occupying their attention, I can utilize that to try and subtly cast a little magic. Yeah. What would um would that be a change the game? Is that what that would be? Or sneak around? I think oh, probably sneak around actually if you're trying to do it without us noticing. Well, without them noticing for sure. But you're you're looking uh, to use your abilities to seek answer to burning questions. Sure. Okay. Uh, I would like to use opportunist for fast from fast talker 
for my personality card. I feel like they've demonstrated to me that um, something strange is going on and I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that they don't seem to be fully inhabiting their own bodies. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use cast a magic spell because why not? That's how I'm accomplishing this. Could I could I tap deflect and dazzle for the fact that I'm using Andy as a distraction? Uh, you may. Uh, let's see. I don't think any of my crew theme cards apply. I'm not sure how looking awesome helps me in this particular instance. Regrettably. Might actually hurt you. Yeah, you're yeah. trying to be subtle. Uh, but I am going to tap floor pentagram because they're all standing inside of it. All right. And then investigate. <laughs> this looks Oof, promising. Wow. I wish I rolled this well in the other games that I played. With a 12 with a power of four. So you get four one-to-one clues. Questions you can ask me or another player about their character. Do these questions have to be in character? The way that I see this happening is that you can almost tap into, you're not bringing those voices forward, Uh but you're more going where they are. Okay. So they're not regaining control of their of the bodies but you're able to kind of inhabit a space where they are okay the primary thing that magnus wants to know is if these voices seem to have some idea of something bigger going on you know saying there's been a misunderstanding we're actually here for them like they seem to know something that i don't know and simeon's curious if this bigger picture that they're talking about might be connected to Hayashi's patron, who's more powerful. And so I want to know if I can use what they know to get what I want going around Hayashi. Yes, in a way. What you get from them, from this connection that you are maintaining through the pentagram right now, is that these are entities from another reality. This may or may not blow your mind a little bit, but these are entities who are apparently trying to find more of their own and take them back to where they came from safely. And that's apparently the desiccated ones. And you know that those names were given to you specifically. Right. Those were the ones who were, that you were told to raise as desiccated ones. Mm -hmm. Thus, there's some connection, although they don't know what it is, and therefore you can't know what it is. Right. Uh, between those names and Hayashi, and you believe that that Hayashi got those names from his patron. But the fact that his patron specifically requested those nine people, and these other people are here looking specifically for those nine people, is very suspicious. Is there a way for me to gain more power by exploiting this? either here or somewhere else. The somewhere else is the important part. You know that they're going to have to try to get back to where they came from. Mm -hmm. And you know that they don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. That's what you get from their conscious and subconsciousnesses. But the same paths that Hayashi is searching for offer those opportunities. They need to go to the forest. Okay. That's only two questions so far. Can I go with them? Depends on how many episodes you want to commit to. <laughs> um, to this other this other reality. Yeah. Well, would that would that benefit me at all in my hunt for greater power 
are they more powerful in this other place? Obviously, it seems like that this other place is more potent because they can send their consciousness from there to here. So you aren't certain, but they do have memories that glimpses of memories that you're able to tap into. And you know that magic works where they come from, but it's not common. And so those who have magic are more powerful than in a place where they're where the magic is being muffled by some exterior force like the mist. So if I could if I could somehow attach myself like a tick or something to them, I could escape the mists and then I would have my full unrestricted power in another area, potentially. Potentially, yes. And that is three. One more. Do I think they would help me do that? That's for them to answer. Yeah. Sloshy was the one that bargained with me most directly. So I'll I'll probe Sloshy's thoughts to see if if they would resist his attempt to escape his own reality or if they would be inclined to help. Now, if you could help us save the people we need to save, uh, especially and he puts emphasis on this, my people. Uh, I would be willing to help you do quite a number of things. Ominous. Well, then, it seems like there might be some sort of deal we could work out, in fact, after all. And that's about the time you have before things begin clicking back into place out here Yeah, in what is currently the real world. Yeah, Andy has just finished telling everybody else that he hasn't really been hurt, that he overheard this conversation and... How long ago was my call to Hayashi? Well, you only you've only had um, Andy for like a day, a day. Yeah, not even a full day. Yeah, okay, so. but he didn't call me back like within an hour or two. Right? He did not yet call you back. Okay. Unprofessional. Yeah, <laughs> it might have helped if I'd given him a deadline, but <laughs> I think that having heard does the phone ring right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having heard that from Andy, I feel like I would look at. Magnus and say, so, so what's your relationship, shall we say, with the CEO of Ivy Corp? I'm confused. Are you more interested in my relationship with Ivy Corp or with these souls you're seeking? What? What did you say? The souls you're seeking. You told me you were not after me. You were after these. And I gesture to sing. You said you had to make sure that no harm came to them. Look at Echo, who I assume is next to me. Baffled look at why my sword has been pulled. Uh, yeah. Baz says, uh, saying, Baz, I I want to go home. Take me home, please. Yeah, we got to get you out of here. Uh, and because it's Baz. (laughs) He's going to pick him up. (laughs) 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 Throw him over the shoulder. (laughs) No, he doesn't throw him over the shoulder. He just picks him up fairly gently (laughs) uh, and and, and says, uh, guys, I got to get Mr. Singh out of here. He's he's got to get back to his family. I've um, can you can you handle this? I think we got this. Yeah. Mr. Singh is a mummified, torn up, desiccated uh, pseudo corpse. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, but other than uh, that, you guys do. Yeah, you. He, he's going to start off and then he's going to pause and he's going to say, um, 
Mr. Mr. Magic Guy, uh, Simeon, can you, is there anything you can do about his uh, physical condition now that we got him back to who he was? It isn't impossible, but I would be hesitant to do it. Ayashi wants his soldiers. If I take them away, I would need to have a very compelling reason. Well, it, it, it sounds like you don't really like Hayashi that much to begin with. So uh, maybe first we uh, we take away his soldiers and then we uh, we take him out. There's nothing about billionaires that is likable. Uh, that's, that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. What did he want with these guys? I've given you reasons to trust me. I haven't hurt your friends. I haven't harmed you since you came here and attacked my defenders. You haven't given me many reasons to trust you. The skeletal desiccated ones begin crawling out of the shadows. I look at Echo and then look pointedly at the katana and then kind of gesture with my head to the floor. Oh, okay, but these these desiccated ones were attacking us before and yeah, that's we were trying tr- that's to find out what's going on. Technically so, true. We just want to know what's happening. I don't think we've done anything to make you distrust us. I mean, yeah, sure, we, I, I picked the lock. I'm sorry, but... We're just trying to find out what's going on. So we both don't like Hayashi and taking away his muscle sounds like a good idea from both our perspectives. So, you know, maybe we can work on that and then work on Hayashi. Do you drink boba tea? Why did the desiccated ones attack them earlier? They did so uh, when they were um, observing the warehouse. Uh, They didn't technically attack. They went to investigate. They were just very scary doing it and very threatening in doing it. That's why they turned all their motorcycles on and pointed them at us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of them tried to kidnap Echo at one point. One of them did try to kidnap Echo at one point, but did not try to kill him. Right. Uh, Otherwise, they've only watched. They've only been staring at them. Which brings me to my point. Who else is on Hayashi's list? Are they more people like us? Are they more people like you, Mr. Simeon? The only people that the uh, desiccated ones have killed that these guys know about is uh, Kelly O'Brien. And that was for talking out of turn to uh, Cadence. And you do know that. I have everyone from Hayashi's list. The names he gave me are the names of the nine I have. There were not others, but he has a new paramour. Perhaps she is of interest to me. Someone I think that you know. Fucking Shirley. <laughs> okay, uh, so what do you need from us so that you can trust us? Actually, yes, that's a good question. Before I ask any more questions, how can we sit down together and have an equitable conversation? What do you think? I mean, what does Magnus need from them to make him trust him? Enough to work together. I mean, not like, you know, we don't need to be bosom buddies. Do you want to join a band? I think he'd probably want to know about the other voices that they spoke with, but. They don't seem to know about the other voices they spoke with. It seems I know something about you that you may not be fully cognizant of. I think that while you may be rifts here in the city, I think you're something more. And I think this may have something to do with what Hayashi is doing. If you want to work with me, I'd like a demonstration of trust and one that shows that I'm not simply trying to manipulate you. I may be able to call forward one of these personas while the others of you witness, if you'll allow it. All right, guys, band huddle. Come on up. Huddle up. (laughs) 
<laughs> Baz puts Mr. Singh down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are, are we going? Are we going soon, Baz? Uh, so Baz would put him down outside the pentagram, and then and then come back in, and it, it's okay. We're we're trying to figure out how to uh, not just bring you back, but fix you. And then he kind of looks at himself a little bit, like, oh, uh, it, moving on. <laughs> Band huddle. <laughs> Um, okay, so, um, what do you guys think? I, I think we should do it. Yeah, you think so? I, I think we need, we have to know, and, and this guy, this guy is part of the conspiracy, so I think whatever he's doing, we gotta be ready, uh, to take him out if it goes too far. Yeah, uh, So, man. uh, Echo, maybe have your sword ready, but, uh, I think... That if we just there's a white knuckle grip right now on that sword. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, and listen, if he's dissatisfied with whatever this guy's doing, and he might, you know, maybe not like like we were saying, maybe not like best friends or anything, but if he could join us in figuring out what's going on, and I don't know, doing whatever we figure out we want to do about it. For, for sure. No, I, I think figuring out more is what we need to do. I also think that whatever these things, these, these voices in our head, I think they're, I think they're with us. You know, I mean, like my mind said nothing but good sense so far. I, I think they're just going to help us. So uh, if he brings one of them like forward, then we can, Yeah, it, it's only going to help us. And if he tries something funny, then we'll still be at full strength. We can just dogpile. As I'm glad you said something first. <laughs> Two things I can look at through all of this. Andy knows something, but isn't aware of it. Yeah. Magnus knows something and is aware of it. Yeah. We don't know shit. And we're not aware of nothing. 14 episodes in and it's still true. <laughs> <laughs> new, new t-shirt slogan. We don't know shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And the whole point then... is to find out, right? Yeah, so who wants to who wants to go under? Uh, calling out to Magnus at this point. So, uh, what happens with Andy? I'd like I'd like to be untied. Untied would be great <laughs> if we acquiesce to your request. I will let him go, but not right away. If you leave unmolested and in possession of the poet, it will look very suspicious if Ayashi is keeping an eye on me. I think it would be better if. I drove you off and met with you somewhere else at another time. Sword comes up towards Magnus at that point. And what assurance can you give us that Andy will be all right? We don't know what's going on with those. We can't make you any guarantees with those. All we can agree to is what you proposed with letting one of them come forward. Well, then perhaps you can ask your own friends some questions when they're here. Well, I, I think what we got to solve is is two things. First of all, where are we going to do this? I think I know mm -hmm. that. How do you feel about libraries? I'm just talking about the the meeting in the future. Fair. Uh, but I, I think that one of us, even if it looks like we're knocked out or something, needs to stay with Andy. Mm. And we could make whatever show of it, you know, we need in case anybody's watching. But, uh, you know, one of us, one of us stays with Andy, then even... Even if one of, you know, between you and us, one of us has bad intentions, it's, 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 it's fair. It's one-on-one. -on -one. So if one of us agrees to this thing, and then one of us can stay with Andy, and we will meet at a later time at a library, is that agreeable to you? I think that could pass as being something that feasibly happened. I think that works just fine. 
I'm acceptable to that. All right. <laughs> Back in the huddle. Band huddle. <laughs> I, I, I'm in. I'm amenable to that if you're okay with me hanging out. And hanging out with I Andy, yeah. I drop the sword turn it upside down and hand it back over to Cadence. I'll take it. If Echo wants to stay, then whoever's inhabiting Echo, maybe, is the person Which I pull out. Which is Dr. Grace. Yeah. yeah. And it gives Baz and Cadence a chance to question Dr. Grace, which I don't think that they've had an opportunity to talk to their yeah. contemporary now players. Yeah, we absolutely have not. Magnus, go ahead and take the risk. Okay. Uh, because you're performing a daring, risky, or outright stupid feat, All which right. is to bring a consciousness forward that's already in a very, very crowded brain. Yeah. <laughs> I may not have much except for, uh, does my relic have to touch the person in question? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's not going to happen then. So You're not going down there? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going down there. They have a sword. Yeah, right now I'm on a catwalk and you're all down there. I'm not going to walk down where you could jump me. That sounds like a terrible idea. Uh, does indecisive factor as a negative in this? Yeah, you're not sure it's a good idea. That's why we've taken so long talking about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then two power, one for cast a spell and one for floor pentagram. I don't know if I have any other... You can dim the lights and make it easier in shadows. Okay, all right. I'll do that. I'll go ahead and dim the lights. Why not? The other desiccated ones move closer in near the wreckages of their bikes. How does burning a power work? So if you burn a power tag, uh, then you won't be able to reclaim that until you've had downtime. Okay. Which could be after this episode or might not be. Right. So you can't use that power tag again. But if you burn it, you automatically get. But if there's any minuses, then that comes off of that. It's an 11. You do it, comma, somehow, period, which is the funniest possible thing to put on <laughs> on a success, I think. Well, I think in this case, the comma somehow is doing a lot of heavy lifting for what <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. it is that I'm trying to do to your poor <laughs> RPG. Well, and all of a sudden, this Jersey kid, you know, becomes this, you know, intelligent Dr. Grace. You dim the lights and the pentagram begins to glow with a phosphorescent power. The desiccated ones shy back from it, feeling the the power that Magnus is bringing up in the warehouse. Uh, there is a reaching out that Magnus does, uh, sensed only really by himself and by uh, Dr. Grace. Dr. Grace, uh, you are being pulled forward. Do you want to resist that in any way? I I don't know that I do because I think what the the snap decision that I made um when I had control earlier was the only thing that matters out of this story is that the the lost come out of it as unmolested as possible. And if teaming up with this guy, no matter how unsavory he may be, allows us to do that then that's what matters. I think Grace was, first of all, willing full hog to be like, well, if this is an ally that we can use against whatever Lazarus Kane's trying to do in this universe, then that's all that matters. And I'll, you know, compromise whatever whatever our characters are trying to do to uh, to team up with, with this guy. So this is a weird thing, because once before 
those contemporary now personages um, spoke in your heads and you knew that they had. Uh, you may not have recognized it like Baz just thought that it was one of the regular voices in his head. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, but it was one where your City of Mist riffs were aware of those contemporary now voices. And that's happening again for Echo. Echo, you're still present. You're still conscious and aware, but there is someone else in your head with you. And you are now fully aware of them. And it is Dr. Grace. Hello, Dr. Grace. Hello, Echo. My name is Grace Moreau. I'm not here to hurt you. And then out loud say, hello, I'm here. What do you want to ask? As we find out what happens next time on the Gothic Podcast. The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel and Goblin Brook Manor LLC, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, Eric Halbert, and me, Kirsten Valerie. Our logo was designed by Jared George Art, and our theme music is by Zoe Hovland. We stay afloat thanks to you, so if you can, please support us on Patreon and follow, like, and review us on iTunes and all our social media platforms. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners. I don't know if you want them to pass or fail this role. Look, we are a little bit more than midway through the season. I have long ago given up on even what I think I might want to happen, let alone <laughs> what I'm currently expecting at any given moment. <laughs>